Welcome to She's a Powerhouse. My name is Holly Calloway, and I'm here to share with you some stories of ordinary women who have done some extraordinary things in hopes that you'll get comfortable being uncomfortable, be okay with pushing your boundaries, and do some extraordinary things yourself. Hey, and welcome to She's a Powerhouse. I have an amazing guest with us here this e- this afternoon, I guess, it's two o'clock our time. This is Joanne Perez. Joanne is a phenomenal human being. I read her bio, got really excited when she applied to be on the show. And I sort of like chased after her and said, yes, absolutely, please. Joanne is from the Dominican Republic. And she came here with her mom. It was it your whole family. We'll get to that. I think it was her whole family, but I know for sure with her mother when she was younger, worked her way up through a couple of restaurants and eventually helped her mom open not just one, not just two, but three restaurants that make seven figures, amazing, authentic Dominican restaurants that are doing great things in New York. Now, not only did she open those amazing restaurants when COVID hit and she had to make a pivot, she started coaching other people, specifically immigrant women, how to do the same thing. Now I started looking through her stuff. She does breakdown of how to get a liquor license, how to get grants to open, how to find your money to begin with and do things like crowdsourcing and fund sharing and things like that. So that these women can take their giant visions of having family restaurants and make them come to life. So she is literally serving people, the American dream on a platter as a woman of color. And she focuses on them specifically. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for Joani to share her story with us. So Joani, welcome. Thank you, Holly. It's uh, an honor to be here today with you and sharing this great platform with other women. It's so fantastic. I love showing other women what is possible. And your story just absolutely blows my mind. So firstly, I hate that I didn't know how much of your family it was, but how much of your family did you come here with from the Dominican Republic? So initially, um, my grandmother and my mother immigrated to the U.S. without me, and they left me in the Dominican Republic with my aunt, who was taking care of me. And it was such a big sacrifice for my mother because she had to think about, you know, I need to work and I need to provide for my child so that then I can give her the opportunity to come with me to the States, right? And that's what uh, my family did. And it worked out and it was for the better. And I'm so grateful for that, for the opportunities that we have had. So what did your mom do when she very first immigrated to make it so that she could bring you guys along with what, how did, how did she find work here as an immigrant? So she found work at a small store where she was just like a cashier. Uh, But from her stories, you know, the place was, a place where women were a little bit scared because coming here to the U.S., she didn't understand the language. Um, She had to learn English. She had to adjust. And uh, they were, you know, women working there that had to have each other's backs because that's how, you know, sketchy the place was. But she made it work because she had to think right of me and, and her family. And that's what she did when she first came here. That is phenomenal. So how old were you when you were able to come and join your mom and your, and your grandma? I was just two years old when I came. That's (laughs) phenomenal. And then, so from what I was reading, you worked your way up through a couple of restaurants. If I was understanding that correctly and like big chain restaurants, right? Yeah. Um, I, I worked at McDonald's for a few years back in 2011, and that's where my mom had her vision of opening a restaurant. (laughs) That is, it's a funny story. (laughs) That's amazing. So, 
mom just told you, came to you, was sharing the vision. How did that all go? How did it all happen? Yeah, I had been working in McDonald's for four years and I was a manager there already. So her vision was, hey, maybe I can purchase a McDonald's franchise. Um, So that was really the idea at first, right? Like I'm working there because one of the requirements was you need to have experience within McDonald's. But we found out that there were two more requirements. So one of them was we had to have half a million dollars saved. And the other one was we needed to have an existing business that we were running and owned for two years. And so since we didn't have that, uh, we went ahead and we created our own independent restaurant. So how cool is that story? That is, that is amazing. So a half million dollars to open a McDonald's franchise, but you also have to have already had like a business that you ran. I didn't realize that. I didn't know that that was a thing. That's fantastic. So from, it went from, we're going to do this so that we can have a McDonald's franchise. I'm assuming you don't actually own a McDonald's franchise. No, we don't. No, (laughs) now now we have three independent restaurants, which is better. So tell me a little bit about your restaurants and what that vision was to begin with. So the vision really at first was to buy a a bar that was in uptown Manhattan. We really, where we really have frequented quite a few times, but that didn't work out because the owner backed out. Um, And so that was a blessing because it meant that we needed to go and find an empty space, which we did. It was this pizzeria. Um, It was just all white walls, you know, nothing in there. And we renovated it into our first restaurant, which is called Tin Marin Restaurant. It's a tapas restaurant in Riverdale in the Bronx. And um, we created the whole thing. We spent a lot of money in the kitchen and renovating the bar. And I remember like every time during renovation that someone would pass by, they would peek in and we would invite them to join us for a little bit of wine. And we would just introduce ourselves to the community and tell them that we were opening soon. And that's really what made that connection between what we wanted to do as a business and the community. And so from day one, we were, you know, full of people, full of support. And then from there, every two to three years, we invested in a new space. Awesome. And so did you yeah. just take kind of what you learned from doing one restaurant and put it into the next? Yes, the next. exactly. All the lessons that we learned, how to um, do the decoration or the, the concept of it. Right. Because the second one that we created is it looks like a little blue house from the Dominican Republic, like that Caribbean feeling. And we have live music. Well, pre-pandemic, we used to have live music there every single day. We still do on the weekends now that um, we have COVID. Right. It's a little bit things are a little bit different, but um, it's just the space to go and it takes you back to your like your your roots and your country and the Caribbean and so and then their third place is a Mexican Dominican inspired cuisine called Cañave Cocina and Bar and so each one is different different concepts but like you said like we've made it we've gotten better and better and we've helped friends and family create their own restaurants and bars as well and so I'm assuming part of what made you want to make a slight pivot into teaching other people how to do the same, obviously a love for people who have come up like you did, but also the pandemic, how have the three restaurants managed 
with everything, especially New York. I mean, like New York shut down, shut down. South Carolina was like, meh, kind of y'all shut down. Yes. How, how did you, I mean, what was that feeling like? How did you guys all make it through that? So that's a great question. And we love sharing this story because it just shows, right, the resilience that you have to have and the community connection that you need to have. And this, you know, mindset of I'm going to keep going, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to be creative. So in March, when the pandemic started last year, we were New York was the epi, the the center of the epidemic. Right. Um, so we were all restaurants were limited to take takeout, delivery, and that was it. There was no indoor dining, no outdoor dining. And we were surprised how, you know, how the community supported us. Everyone was ordering. Um, We were doing catering. We were serving clinics. Um, We were, you know, people were coming for takeout alcohol, which is pretty cool now. You can just go and grab a margarita to go. We We didn't have that before COVID, right? Um, But we were doing things as well because we always had live music. Um, We would go, our our bands would actually volunteer and go live on Instagram and offer a show to our audience. So our audience would order in and then they would enjoy the show. And we did karaoke as well. So you could see the the letters of the song, you know, on your phone and you could just... uh, sing and enjoy your food so we did things like that to go to get creative to keep going um and that really that really worked for us and then when we had our outdoor dining i believe in june um it was like the in no it exploded like we had lines of people waiting to be seated outside um and then after that we had indoor dining 25 percent capacity and people were also supporting we had long lines. We had a curfew. We had a like, at first it was 12 midnight, then it changed to 10 p.m. curfew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, yeah, regardless of that, we made the money that we were making before COVID. We made it in that short time that we were opened. And so we were so grateful for that. Yeah. Is, did you have like a specific, so I like business strategy and marketing is kind of my thing. And so of course my brain immediately is like, can you systematize this type of community outreach? Was there like a plan or y'all were just really good at making sure that people came in, felt like family? I think it's the, the feeling that people get when they visit us and it's mostly uh, word of mouth. Um, that people, you know, the the word gets out, you know, like this place is really good, good, the outside, the outside seating and people, also people wanted to go out, right? Because that, during the pandemic, people couldn't go out to eat, couldn't sit down at a restaurant and so people just really, you know, wanted to support um, small businesses, which is, um, I'm always an advocate of that, um, supporting small business, right? And independent restaurants, um, so that's what people were doing. And now that we have outdoor dining, we don't have in- indoor dining anymore. We're very limited now again. Mm-hmm. And so we'd have to be creative with outdoor dining um, because people's mindset now is like, oh, it's too cold. Um, I'm not going to go, right? I'm going to order in. So now the game is about changing that mindset for people. And people are started coming to our outdoor dining and seeing that it was warm, that we had a heated patio, that, you know, it's okay to come eat with us. 
you know, it's, it, you're going to have a great time anyway. And so the word, you know, got out and now we're, we're very busy from Wednesday through Sunday. That is, I love all of yeah. the creative turns you took. Karaoke is brilliant. I yeah. love it. Especially <laughs> if they were used to the live music, giving them the live music still and then doing yes. like, so yeah, go grab your food, get home by such and such time. And we'll start live music is that is phenomenal. And that's an amazing turn. Take me back to opening that first restaurant. So during, let's say like that pizzeria, right. With the white walls, the demo and, and getting the vision and putting it all together. Did you guys have a ton put aside for that? Or like, did you do grants and funding and things like that to get started? And what was that like? Because I know people who don't have the extra, um, layers of being an immigrant and being a woman and a woman of color who have issues with like things like getting ready and funding, and even just the confidence to step out. And you've got all of these other things stacked as well in a country where those things really are stacked kind of against you how did you get started on that? And what was that feeling like stepping into, okay, we're really going to go ahead and do this thing? Yeah, we, um, when we were first starting our first restaurant, we had me, my mom had saved a lot of money. Um, so that really was what, what got us started. Um, and so she also did a few things like in Dominican Republic, you can put your house, um, you can, um, there's this thing where like the bank, you can put it on, I forgot what it's called, um, but you you kind of put your, your home, right, that you own as a guarantor, that's what okay. it's called, as a guarantor in case something goes wrong with your business, right, then you would have that as a backup. Right. So we did that. We had the money that my mom has saved. And we had the experience. My stepfather was a bartender and a server for 20 years. Um, and we also had uh, two partners. So my cousin, he and his wife, they have about 50% ownership. And so really having partners who you trust and who can invest the money in your business is a, is a great help, especially when you're starting, because if anything goes wrong, you have that, right? You invested in, a, like, we invested $200,000 on the kitchen, fitting in kitchen equipment and doing the bar and doing all of those things. But we had that backup from our partner just in case something went wrong. You know, and for those months that are slow, like usually January, February, are months where our staff can go on vacation because sales are not right. They're not up there. They're a little bit slow, but um, you have to have money saved and as a backup for those, for those difficult times. How long did it take her for all like that? When you say like they came here and then had to make enough, like my mom working in this shop, right. Make enough to even bring me and now she's at a place where she can put $200,000 into a kitchen. Like that, man, I look up to people who have the gumption and the discipline to know what they want and go for it like that hard. Like that's phenomenal. How, like your mom's awesome. <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> your mom's a phenomenal human being. This is, this is the coolest thing. So you had the startup. What was it like 
so your experience in the restaurant was really chain restaurant. I mean, it was McDonald's, right? So what was it like putting yes. yourself into that saying, all right, I'm in, I want to help. I want to do this. And then watching it all kind of come to fruition in front of your eyes. Yes. Yes. It was really exciting because now I was going from a McDonald's manager. I was actually earning $8 an hour. So if you're back then in 2011, if you were in a cashier, you would uh, make $7.25 an hour. And then you got promoted, right? And I did a lot of things to get promoted. Like I had to show my manager that I had the capability of running the store and scheduling staff and all these things that you have to prove yourself, right? Just to earn a dollar more <laughs> in McDonald's. Oh, right, wow. $8 wow. an hour and doing overnight and like... Um, a McDonald's manager overnight, they have to be the cashier, they have to be in the drive-thru, they have to do all these different things at the same time. You're basically by yourself in the store. And so taking that, those experiences to now, okay, my mom's opening her own business and now I have this time and liberty and, and this ableness just to do anything and everything that she needed me to help her with. Um, that was really exciting because it meant that we had our own, we could control our time, what we wanted to do, how we wanted to do business and how we wanted to treat our employees and our staff and how we wanted to do things. And so our employees and our staff, they, they feel like they're part of our, us, feel like they're part of our family and they feel really valued. And we do things differently than, than other restaurant owners. Other restaurant owners are they sit at home. They're like, oh, just, you know, I'm the owner, so I'm not going to do anything, but we're not like that. You'll see us um, wiping down tables and taking out food and doing all these things, right? So that we're part of the restaurant. We're not just um, the owners. I love that. I've got a business role where I wouldn't ever ask anybody to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So like, it doesn't matter if it's emails or cold calls or you know, automated systems or whatever. Like I won't hire it out unless I've learned how to do it myself first. So I love that. I love that you'll hop in there and wipe down tables and sweep floors. And that's absolutely phenomenal. So what was your, um, like, what was your schooling background like before you got to that point? Did you take anything in business marketing, any of that, or you just kind of hopped in and went for it? I just kind of hopped in and went for it. I started going to school and I eventually graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. Um, awesome. So, yeah. So I, you know, I always thought I wanted to be a teacher or a psychologist, but, you know, this, this, this was a detour that life took us to. And I always say like, take the detour, yeah. right? If you, and maybe you end up coaching people like I am now, or maybe you end up getting, being guests on podcasts and now you're speaking, right? Because a lot of the things I'm doing is speaking mm-hmm. um, at events and at workshops, and I really am enjoying it. So take the detour. I was just going to say, you still came back around and now you're teaching. So when did you kind of make that shift into coaching? And was it just a, I mean, it was, this is what I know. So I'm going to teach other people how, where did you find that heart for helping other people do what you've done? So last year in 2020 and and about May, I decided to join a business mastermind. So this, it was this very high ticket. I, I invested a lot of money into myself development. I said, you know, I do want to have like my own business. I want to do something separate. Um, what, what is that expertise that I have or what is that, 
one thing that I can teach people. And then I thought about, you know, my coach helped me figure out like, hey, you have the, you're in this industry. You've been there for eight years. Your family has so, so much knowledge and there's so much information and resources you can give to people. Why? So I wanted to go ahead and become that restaurant business strategist and just own it as a woman of color that that I can give this opportunity to other people and that other people can do the same thing that we did. And so that's why I decided to go into coaching families on how to create a food business. It doesn't have to be a restaurant. It could be a deli, a, uh, a food truck, um, a mobile store, or they could be food entrepreneurs from home, which is what most people are doing right now. Which makes sense because COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Phenomenal. How did you notice difference between starting a restaurant and starting up this coaching business? Were there similarities or were they pretty much completely different? What did you find in those two different types of startups? I think they have in similarity is, is the willingness of, of you to, to work every day, right? Your work ethic, um, how do you talk to people or, you know, how do you do business? Um, things like that. Like, how do you market your business? There's a lot of similarities in, in those, in those topics, in those ways, but there's also a huge difference, right? Because you take uh, a physical business and now you go into an online digital platform where now you have to make sure that people, you know, that know you or don't know you know you as this go-to expert Mm -hmm. and you can show that the these are the things that you know this is your credibility um and these are the results that people can get from you and so that's a little bit more you know that's a little different and there's a lot of like self-growth and um business mindset and business training that you have to do for yourself so that you're able to put yourself out there as as that go-to expert and people can like, know, trust you, right? See you on video. Um, So it's absolutely different. Um, You have to be present online um, and just serving people and doing market research, getting on calls, things like that. So it's definitely a little uh, different. That's awesome. What has the, what has that learning curve felt like for you getting into something completely new? It has been amazing. It has been transformational that I can be home and I just, you know, on my phone, I, I pop up live and I can say, okay, um, today I'm going to, going to be talking about this topic or I'm going to be, um, interviewing this restaurant owner, which next week, I mean, this week I will be interviewing an Afro Latina, uh, restaurant owner who has been going through a little bit difficult times with outdoor dining, but now she is, um, getting she's getting there so her outdoor dining is being constructed um and I just thought that her story has to be shared and so so it's these kind of things that you have to be doing right um so this learning curve has been amazing for me because now I'm getting to know other people and other restaurant owners and possibly be serving them as well so newbies as well as people who are already in the business That's fantastic. And it's amazing that you found this niche to kind of like tighten in on. And that's, you know, you can speak to them as that expert and it's, that's an absolutely phenomenal thing. So what's next for you? What's coming up? 
So next for me is I'm going to be launching my own podcast. Um, so the, <laughs> the topic is going to be everything about the food industry and the restaurant business, um, getting people to come on as guests that are restaurant owners or that have some sort of expertise in the food industry. And so that's that. And I'm also doing a couple of conferences that I'm going to be a speaker on. Um, and yeah, and I was invited to do a talk on Josh Talks. Uh, it's what it's called. And it's very similar to TED Talk, to a TED yeah, Talk. That's yeah. awesome. So, so what's your topic going to be? Very excited for that TED Talk. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry for the Josh, Josh Talks. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, my immigrant story um, from coming to the U.S. Uh, up until opening three restaurants with my family. So it's basically my life story, uh, what we went through in the U.S. Um, up to our success story. That's phenomenal. Was the was the transition? I guess you were two. You were little. How how has it been being a woman of color in the U.S. even up until recently? How has that been for you? It's it's been a, a it's been a great experience because I've been able now to connect with with clients that can relate a lot to what I've been through. I mean, so I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm very grateful for every step of the way that we went through. Um, like we, like in my talk, I mentioned how, you know, at one time we lived seven of us in, in, in a one bedroom apartment. Um, and I remember those days in the nineties, right. When we were growing up, walking to school and my mom was working full time and, and she raised me as a single mother. Um, and so those experiences really enable me to connect with my clients who come to me from going through the same thing um, and just not knowing where to start in terms of starting a, a food business. And so I'm like, here, yeah, this is what I do, right? This is my passion. So I got you. And it helps you connect with them on such a relational level, which is so phenomenal. And I love that. That's amazing. Well, I am so excited. I'm so glad I got to talk to you. If you want to know more about Johnny or Joanny, I'm sorry. It looks like I have to break it down every time. <laughs> Joanny Press. <laughs> if you want to know her website is just her name, johnnypress.com. And we've got everything in the show notes for you. And she is offering a free 30 minute strategy call or clarity call, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. So I'm assuming that's for in the food business sort of realm, right? So if you have a food truck or you want to have a food truck, or you think you want to have a food truck, how about a bakery? My audience yes. is full of women open baker, opening bakeries. So if that's something and y'all want to work specifically with somebody who does food and restaurants, talk to Joanny. She is so much more like in depth in that particular realm than I am. So she would be perfect. So we've got... <clears throat> excuse me, a link to sign up for that. She does a one-on-one -on -one program that's four weeks long. It's absolutely phenomenal. So if you want help with like from start to finish, how to get this thing done, you can do that. Um, and she also has a YouTube channel. So you can check all that out in the show notes. Joanny's going to hang out with me for a minute, actually for about 20 minutes. And she's going to come talk to our Power Players membership group. If you are not a member of the Power Players and you're a woman who owns a small business and you would like to be there to get more information from our experts like Joanny and other guests on the podcast, you can join. That link is also in the show notes and it's in my link tree. Joanny, thank you so, so much for being with us. Your story is inspiring. Your heart for immigrant women specifically is super inspiring. And this was an awesome interview. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. This was really fun. Awesome.